Hi, I'm Tina. And I'm Amber. And, and we're, we're the Slayer Sisters. Sisters. Good evening. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. We're back again. Yes, we are. To fill your heads full of nonsense. <laughs> well, it's not nonsense. No, it's not. It's good stuff. We're educational and, you know, assholes at the same time. I kind of like yes, it. I like That's a good combination. It is. That's a good combination. Yep. It is. It is. Um... Hope you guys are loving every second of this as we are. Yeah, I got an itchy arm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have plaque psoriasis. Oh, Is that geez. an old person thing? I think anyone can get oh, fucking psoriasis. Sucks. I got to get into a dermatologist. Mm. That's totally off subject, but it's all right. It's okay. So uh, these next couple of episodes that we're gonna do, this is gonna be a few parter. I think. I think so. Um, it is the John List case. We're taking it true crime, guys. Taking it to true crime. I honestly think this was one of the first cases that kind of got me more interested into the true crime and mm -hmm. the stuff like that. Because I, I remember um, when I saw the documentary on it, that's when John Walsh was pretty much just starting the America's Most Wanted. Yep. And, like, one of the very first times they did uh, a bust, like, from, like, the shoulders up, out of clay mm -hmm. to try and, like, age him as to what he would look like, you know, all those years later after he went on the run. And it was crazy, perfectly the same. I know. Like, it was identical down to the glasses, the hairline. Everything. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, and I think that's like, you know, there's always that one case. The one right. case that gets you into this kind of stuff. Like, I, mine wasn't one. I've just always had this, like, crazy fascination with serial killers. Like, that's my thing. I didn't care who it was. I was like, yes. Yeah. I want to know everything. There's no, but I was also huge into psychology, and that's why. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't know how, why their minds work that right. way. Right. Yep. Yeah. The behavioral part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that this is the first true crime uh, episode we're doing mm -hmm. because it's what got you into it. Yeah, and I think oh, no. that's, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love it. yeah. So, so we'll just we'll get into it. So his name was uh, John List, and they called him. He's classified as a family annihilator, which is pretty self-explanatory. Yep. You did the research on this. Like I didn't. I've never dived deep into it. I just know of like. From, like, the documentaries yeah. they did. Um, but, you know, it makes you think. So, when you think of murder, you know, you you kind of ask yourself, you know, is it someone who could be easily identified or caught quickly by the police? Or do you kind of think it could be someone who just blends in, like your neighbor, a father, a husband, a brother, you know? And that's kind of how... The whole thing kind of interests me with the with John Immel List. He was a pretty affluent man in the community that he lived in. Yep. Um, he lived with his mother, his wife, and their three children. Um, really large home. Like, it, it was a huge house. Yeah. And it was known as Breeze Knoll, which is off of Hillside Avenue, in the upper-class bedroom community of Westfield. Uh, he was a very successful accountant. Mm -hmm. He was um, extremely intelligent. Extremely, yes. He was extremely intelligent. 
Um, not only did he provide for his family with like the, the monetary part, the material wealth, but he kind of attempted to grant his family with the spiritual wealth by being a devout Christian, and he was a very large pillar of the local Lutheran church. He was also a Sunday school teacher, so, like, Re oh, yeah, he was huge It was, yeah, so church. it was like, listen, we have, we have our, our upper standing in society, we have, like, that upper standing in the church community, yep. like, he just wanted his family to be, like, this perfect church-going, church-going, upper-class, free of family. Sin. Yeah. Right. Like, everyone was perfect. Wow. Um, but it got to the point where he starts thinking his family's falling apart. Mm-hmm. So, every family has dark secrets, uh, obviously. No one ever knows what goes on behind closed doors. No. In, in, anyone's, in anyone's home. So, John's wife, Helen List, was actually a distant relative of his. Really? Mm-hmm. Again, didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just got blindsided. <laughs> and wow. she's got the notes, folks. And I got the notes. <laughs> um, she had gone nearly blind, though, from um, when she got syphilis that uh, she had gotten from a previous marriage. She was un unable to walk, and... The only woman that John was ever intimate with, mm -hmm. plus a distant relative. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to get past that. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. So, their marriage is basically a shotgun marriage, and it was caused by a pregnancy scare that turned out to be a false alarm. So, she thinks she's pregnant. She's not, but they get married. John. Just to be safe. John, that's a sin. That's right. That's a sin, sir. Right. Premarital <gasps> sex. That's oh, a sin. Right? Mr. Devout Lutheran. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? So, as you would probably imagine, their relationship, not a happy one. No. You know, like, first of all, your distant relatives. Let's reiterate that. <laughs> Second of all, you get married because you think she's pregnant. Yeah. And again, like you said, sin. If you're such a devout Christian, sin. Yeah. Sin. I mean, and for all intent and purposes, like, they definitely tried to, well, John definitely tried to make it look like a happy. Well, yeah, he wanted everyone, he didn't want the outside world to think that his family had faults. Right. Or that he had faults or anything. Yep. So, with this whole um, pregnancy scare, getting married and everything, he resents Helen for all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's already angry to begin with. He was born in, uh, John was born in Bay City, Michigan, and he was the only child of a German, of German-American parents. John Frederick List, um, he was born in 1889 and died in 1944, and Alma Barbara Florence List. That's, that's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. She was born in 1887 and died in 1971. He graduated from Bay Central High School in 1943, and then that same year he enlisted in the United States Army, 
served as a lab technician during World War II, and then he was discharged in 1946. Uh, then he enrolled in the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. He's I mean, well on his way. And this is the thing. Like, this is what made what he did so insane. I mean, he did super well in high school, and then he went on to be in the military. And right, and a lab technician. A lab, yeah. So, you I know? mean, he was super intelligent, super driven, super, right. you know, like, he just, he wasn't afraid of hard work and what he needed to be done, mm-hmm. you know? So, it, it's crazy to think. Of what he goes on to do later in his life. Exactly. You know? Especially being, I, we'll get there. We'll get there. I got thoughts when we get there. <laughs> That's funny. So he earned his bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting. And he was commissioned a second lieutenant through the ROTC. Um, So like he said, super smart, super driven, you know, wants to succeed. Super involved in the church. Right. All these things. Yeah. So November of 1950, the Korean War escalated. And he was actually recalled to active military service. And he was at Fort Eustis in Virginia. And that is where he met Helen Morris Taylor, who... His wife. Became his wife. Um, She was the widow of an infantry officer that had been killed in action in Korea. She lived nearby with her daughter, Brenda. So then John and Helen married on December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore, Maryland, and then they moved to Northern California. It's <sighs> a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So the Army recognized John's accounting skills, and they actually reassigned him to the Finance Corps, completed his second tour in 1952, and then he worked for an accounting firm in Detroit. And as an adult supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo, um, he, that's where he, uh, his three children were born. They were born in Kalamazoo, Michigan. hmm Yes. Yeah, because he's in Detroit. Pay attention. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, 1959 comes around, and he has risen to general supervisor of the company's accounting department. So, he's just moving up. Yep. Like, he's a, he's a fast mover and a shaker. But by then, Helen, who was an alcoholic, um, became increasingly unstable because of her syphilis that she had contracted from her first husband. And she kind of left that whole syphilis thing out when she married John. She was like, hmm, we're just going to keep that to ourselves. Uh Uh-huh. Right, because that'll make him happy. Okay. Right? (laughs) Like... Yeah, that's gonna. That's not something you just don't talk about. And I looked into it because I wanted to know, like, exactly how. Because I mean, obviously, everyone other dog fucking knows that syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease. Right. Right. She did not stray in her first marriage. Her husband did. Her husband is the one that gave it to her. Uh huh. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she probably wasn't too sad that he, you know, died in the Korean War. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I think it was shortly after he died that she was like, oh, John, hey, what's up? Right. Distant relative. Yeah. Distant relative. Let's, uh, what's up? Let's get uh, busy. Yeah. And get married. Okay. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's do let's, it. Let's uh, be honest, though. Like, she was a stable woman. I kind of, like, I don't think the pres- pregnancy scare was a real 
pregnancy scare. I think she just did that to get John to marry her. She right. She seems like that kind of woman. Right. Well, first she doesn't disclose the syphilis, and then she's like, oh, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And he's like, you oh, know? crap. Yeah. And But still, again, Mr. Devout Christian, if you had a pregnancy scare, you clearly had, being as smart as you were, had to figure out, oh, that's because we had sex and we weren't married. Right. So, Which I think that was the biggest thing for him, is he's like, I... People can't know that. Oh, no, 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 no. So There's we have no to get married putting a tarnish case. on his reputation. Right. right. Yeah, he was like, yeah, no, we can't, we can't do that. Mm-mm. So in 1960, his stepdaughter, Brenda, actually got married and left with her husband. So it's just him, Helen, and their three children now. And his mom. And his mom. Mm-hmm. That's right. So he moved the rest of the family to Rochester, New York. And he took a job with Xerox and eventually became the director of the accounting services. So still, obviously keeping with his his educational degrees. Yeah, but you he know, like, he's like moving up. He switches jobs a lot. Like, he, sir, he, what are you doing? They, right. He keeps with the accounting, but moving, they, they yeah. seem to move a lot. And he's not in the service anymore. No. So there's no reason for you to keep right moving, you know? I don't know. I think maybe maybe people were getting suspicious about, like, his wife being, like, completely unstable right. and crazy that he's like, okay, it's time to uproot. It's time to uproot. We gotta it's, go. It's, yeah, because people are, maybe were noticing things and they're yeah. like, oh, maybe starting to talk. And he was like, oh, no, no. We gotta go. We gotta go. We can't have people talking about us. Or maybe there were financial issues and he's like, oh, nope, gotta go. Yeah. You know, um, so in 1965, John Liss accepted a position as the vice president and controller at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey. So living in Rochester, New York, but he takes a job in Jersey City. Yeah. Across the river. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Moves his wife, his children, and his mother to uh, Breeze Knoll. Which is a 19-room Victorian mansion mm-hmm. at 431 Hillside Avenue in Westfield, New Jersey. So, the I for my like we moved a lot when yeah. I was growing up as a child. I didn't find out until in my 30s why. Right. Know, yeah. But. Um, it, there's a there's a lot of moving. There's a lot of job changing. And like you said, if people in the neighborhood are starting to notice changes, you know, he doesn't want that to tarnish his image. Right. Because his family is part of his image, and he's like, oh. And he, they can't embarrass him. No, there's no, it's not, a, and it's not about them. No, it's about him. This is all about him. Mm-hmm. He is, was such a controlling narcissist. Well, that's also a sin, sir. <clears throat> So, just, yeah. just saying. So, we're up to two lots now. Of, lots of sinning going lots on. Lots of sinning going on, Mr. List. Okay. So, he's failing up economically and could not stop his own plummet into the lower tax bracket. So, now he's Which going that's, from... Whoo, yeah. Not good. No. So, now he's going from upper class, upper middle class. Now, he's going down to that lower tax bracket, which, again... Can't do that with his image. No, nope. like, it's not. He's we not live a, in this big ass. So he, you, fancy you house. know, he's starting to spiral out of control a lot faster. 
Well, yeah. Because of all of these different things going on. Mm -hmm. So now his issues, he's, in his mind, he's just like, the spiraling down just starts speeding up at this point. So he had been living beyond their means, um, or the family had, before his job was even in jeopardy. Yeah. So, well, you're in a 19-room Victorian <clears throat> mansion. What right. do you think is going to happen, sir? They just because he was the only provider. Yeah, for a, for him, his wife, their three children, and his mother. Yeah, that's five people that you're responsible for for everything. Well, they have always <coughs> lived beyond their means, mm -hmm. like because he has to have that that status. Yeah, in yep. peop other people's eyes, right? You know. Then he left his vice presidency at the firm and started to sell insurance. And that was in a, like this frantic attempt to, to pay the bills. He's yeah. like, I got to do something, you know, this isn't working. Right. So I got to find something quick to keep up those appearances and pay the bills. And, and at that time, all three of the kids were teenagers. Yep. You know, and teenagers aren't cheap, mm -mm. let's be honest. But in particular, their 16-year-old daughter, uh, Patricia Marie, um, she starts kind of dabbling in the marijuana and the theater work. Now, theater is probably, you know, in the in his eyes, a frivolous It No, well, in his thing. eyes, it was against God's will. It was it was dirty. If you were in the theater or an actress, which is what she wanted to be, you're dirty. Mm -hmm. That God, yeah, that's not, not what he's yeah, not that's okay not with what that. he wants, and that's not going to get you the in his eyes or in his mind. That's not going to get you that righteous status, right? Where you need to be because you're my daughter. Yes, exactly. You know, so again, it's back to what you're doing is affecting my me. is reflecting on me on on my image. So, of course, like you said, John was like all that, very unchristian. The marijuana, the theater. So he starts to see this quote-unquote perfect life that he has starting to just go to shit. It's yeah. just unraveling. He decides, and this is what always got me, he decides it is better for his family to be removed from earth rather than have them go through a life of poverty and sin. This is the decision he, he made. Not for him. No. For, for his, his family. family. You narcissistic fuck. And you know, just you know, touching again on the fact that he was like so intelligent, this was meticulously planned. Oh, absolutely. To the fracking detail. Oh, uh, no, ab no, you're right. It was. Like, because it wasn't just a spontaneous thing. He's thinking this through very clearly. The, yeah, and that's just, that's just it. The amount of hours that he had to have spent thinking and mapping out and mm -hmm. working this out right. to make it work in his favor, which he... Um, right. I mean, it's crazy to me. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, did, he, did you sleep? Did you dream about... You know what I mean? No, like, exactly. My God. He, he literally, like you said... Uh, Hours, an hour. I mean, yeah. days probably, like, okay, what is the best way to go about this? Mm -hmm. I'm going to literally remove my family from this earth by my hand. Yep. To save them. To so they save can get them heaven. so they can get to heaven. 
because he doesn't want them to be poor or live in sin. No, it's because you didn't want it to reflect on you. Well, that's, that's just why. that, but because you're a freaking asshole. Like, yeah. Let's be honest. Piece of fucking shit. He, garbage. 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 So, November 9th of 1971, he puts his nice little perfectly planned calculation planned into action. He's like, okay. Today's the day. Today's the day. So, a few weeks before that, he calls a family meeting. Time to meet as a family. Come, come now. Come, children. Come, come now. We must have a family meeting. <laughs> Boy. He's kind of like tiptoeing around cryptically asking all of them what type of funeral they would like to have. I just... <laughs> did, what? How do you... Let me ask this. Hey, Patricia, you're 16. What do you want for your funeral? And how... Just I'm just asking. How do you cryptically ask? Like, how do you go about family meeting? Listen, I need all of you to tell me, what would you like your funeral to be when that day comes? I mean... Who fucking has a family meeting like okay, that? Okay, like, I get it if you're talking to your mom and wife about it, right? Because his mom's, like, 84 and his right, wife Right, and is, his wife is... In her 40, Well, and she's... Yeah. Ill. Very ill. So, yeah, you need to have those plans, Correct. right? But not your three teenage children. Uh, yeah, I think one was 16, 15, and 13. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about it. What do you want for your funeral? You know, just so I know ahead of time. Just the in case. And like I said, how do you do it cryptically? I don't know. There's no way around that. <laughs> let's sit down for a meal and just tell me. How, how would, you would you like, like to, to leave this earth? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a church funeral? You want to go in a box? Where would do you want you me like to set you a, a blaze on a Viking ship? Right. What do you want? What cemetery would you what like to be cemetery? buried in? Should we get your plot now? No, like, we can't. We're too poor right now yeah. to get you a plot. But, but what about stones? Like, are you guys thinking are big stones, small stones? Small stones. Like, do we have to have a picture? Can we just name, put no right? name? Like, how do you want this? But he was so cryptic about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can tell okay. you if I, if like someone sat me down and started asking me those questions, I'd be like, uh-uh, not today, bitch. Not today. Or uh-uh, not today. Uh-uh, I'm out. See, I would be, I'd be like, it's me or you, and it's not going <laughs> to be me. It's not going to be me, old it's man. It's going to be you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the one going. No. You are. So how would you like to be buried, bitch? Yeah. How would you like your funeral, pops? Well, you ain't going to be, it's not going to be in a fucking church, that's for <laughs> damn sure. I'm going to leave your Because we all know you ain't going to heaven. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave your body in a fucking dumpster. <sighs> so, again, like we talked about with him meticulously planning this out. So, in the days prior to him doing this, he mails out letters to friends, co-workers, and teachers of his various family members, giving them a cover story as to why they wouldn't be seen They're gonna go, in the coming weeks. Yeah, they're going to go on vacation to North Carolina. I was like, what? Uh, uh, you definitely planned this shit out, sir. Yeah. Oh, we're going on vacation. So, just so you know, when you don't see us, and for the outside world, for that persona, that lifestyle that he's giving off, he's like, no one's going to question it. They think we're the perfect Christian family. But you chose North Carolina. Right. <laughs> 
I mean, at least it's it might be, it was probably one place he hadn't been. Maybe. I mean, just it's I think possible. He was just like pick a state, North Carolina. Pick That's a state. The one. Woo! Cryptically, what state would you like? Eeny meeny miny mo. Yeah. Just, oh, this fucker. He thinks to himself, you know, the actions he's about to do would save the souls of his family. Again, garbage. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're not saving shit. You're committing the biggest sin, sir. Yeah, thou shall not not kill. kill. Just dumbass. Just saying. Oh my god. So he believed that if his home was foreclosed upon, the family would split up and turn away from the church. Because that's gonna happen, right? Like. I mean, that um, happens all the time, because doesn't it? Because 16, 15, and 13-year-old kids are going to be like, okay, we lost the house, we're peacing out, Pre- bye, right. in the later. 1970s, we're just going to hitch it. Well, I it's mean, fine. Patricia might have, she might have been like, I'm going to become a wild child, child and I'm going right. to smoke all the fucking pot I want. Right. And listen to He's, hippie songs. Yeah. I'm, I don't know any hippie, I'm sorry guys, like that's not derogatory, I just, uh. It was the times, though. It was Bob the, Marley. the flower, it- the the flower power. Yeah, the nineteen seventies was, uh, you know, the time of love and peace and lots of drugs and lots of drugs. So here's some quotes directly from John List. He first one quote: "I finally decided that the only way to save them from that was from that was to kill them." I thought about killing myself, but, brace yourself, my belief is that your soul can't go to heaven. Let's just pause on that and let that sink in. You two-faced hypocritical fuck. Seriously. What What the fuck? But I'm saving my family. Uh-huh. Mm. Yep. Then, he says, quote, I could kill them. Hopefully, they'd go to heaven. Later, I could confess my sins and get into heaven myself. Can we? What the fuck? This is, this is, this is how fucked up his head is. Like, what are you gonna? Is he an evil genius? No, he's a fucking idiot. I think. Uh, and Just because people have degrees, don't mean they're smart. No, but okay. Here's. This is going to be controversial. Okay. Okay. I believe that there are people who are so caught up in their religion that it makes them crazy. I would agree with that. And this is one of those cases. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he was so devoted to God. He was apparently this God-fearing man. Mm -hmm. And with him being so wrapped up in that... I mean, clearly, he had some mental shit going on, too. Like, he's a narcissist. He's probably got histrionic personality disorder. I mean, like, honestly. But because he already has mental illnesses, plus his devotion to his God, Mm -hmm. it literally made him insane. And you see that a lot, like, with these cults. Right. um, It's their devotion to their whatever God they believe in. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes them so crazy. Right, because you're looking from the outside in. Yeah. And you're like, how does that even make sense in your head? Right. You know? But, like, like you said, like, with the cults, you're looking at hundreds, thousands, 
hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. That to this day, even though some of those cults aren't around anymore, still there practice. are still people that completely and absolutely are still devoted to those teachings. Like, mm-hmm. But for you and I and for other people, you, you look, for, like I said, from the outside in, you're like, how can you be that fucking stupid? Right. And but How can you not see it? It's that uncontrollable, undeniable, blind faith mm-hmm. that makes them continue to practice every like those beliefs and mm-hmm. continue to do at, like whatever they were told to do. I mean, the mass suicide. Jonestown. Yeah. Right. That it, that is completely blind faith. And I know oh, we're kind of getting off topic, but I believe that is the same thing mm-hmm. for John List. It was that blind, blind devotion. faith and yes. devotion that yep. caused him to be pretty much a sociopath. Pretty much. So Pretty much. Just my thoughts. So, the day he decides to do this, he starts his day by dropping the kids off at school, goes back home at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Okay. Helen, his wife, she's in the kitchen having toast and coffee. He enters the room. She says to him, good morning. So nice. So, so pleasant. Right before he shot her in the head with a twenty-two caliber pistol. Oh, good morning. Bam. Fucking drops her. Could you at least let her fucking finish her coffee, you fuck? Well, I mean, uh... But again, who does he care about? Okay. Himself. But then he pulls her into the damn ballroom and then goes into the kitchen and fucking cleans up. I'm getting there. I, I don't think I wrote that, wrote that oh, down. Oh, you didn't. No. Oh, damn it. So, yeah, he pulls her in there, goes in, cleans the fucking place right, up. Right, because he has to put her in the ballroom because this is where he ends up laying each and every one of them. On a ginormous. Yes, there's blankets everywhere. Yeah. In this ballroom. They like he lays them on the blanket, he covers them with blankets. Covers their face with towels. Right. Because when it comes to that, now you and I know both and all the different things we've watched that we've learned about when someone is killed and that the killer covers their face with whatever, ninety nine percent of the time it's Someone that knew them and doesn't want to, is like, quote unquote, ashamed. That's why I said, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. And that's yeah, yeah. what we, that, yeah. you know, that's usually what they say. They don't want to see that person after what they've done. Right. So that's why they cover their face. Yes. So yep. he's like, listen, just drop my wife with a twenty-two caliber pistol. She didn't even see it coming, guys. No. But. Didn't see it coming. He did say, like Judas, I gave her a kiss. So, kisses his wife after she says good morning, and then goes, pop, right in the fucking head. Okay, now I'm going to move you to the ballroom. Then I got to clean up. Now I got to clean up because we don't want a mess. I think it said something like 15 mop heads. He used 15 mop heads to clean up the mess. Well, he shot her in the back of the head. Then then he put her, like, he cleaned it up with cloths and shit, and he Mm -hmm. put them in a paper bag. Bruh. Do you not think that that's going to leak out of the goddamn paper well, bag? Like, y- your cleaning yeah. skills, there's some shit to be yeah, lacking Yeah, but here's the there. thing. You're lacking. Here's the thing. After he kills her and cleans us up, he went to the mall. Well, he also he killed some his- bonds that belonged to his mother. Yeah. And she's living on, because this is a big, huge house. Yeah, she's like on the third story. Three stories. 
So she's on in the third floor apartment mm-hmm. of the house, right? So goes cashes these bonds. Because again, like we talked about, he had this shit planned down to the second. Cleans out every bank account. Right. Like, like he's he's got it all. Mm-hmm. Got it all. Goes home, eats lunch. Apparently he was hungry. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It's just the smell of my wife and the... It's fine. It's her bodily fluids. Right. It's fine. I no cleaned up the blood. I moved her into a different God part of the damn, house. damn, that it's smell fine. makes me want a sandwich. I need a sandwich. Oh, my wife needs oh, to make... Oh, me. oh, damn it, I killed her. Shit. She can't go make me a sandwich. I gotta make my own goddamn sandwich. make my own sandwich. And the whole time he's eating, he doesn't stop to think, you know, maybe this is not a good idea. No. Just keeps going. It's fine. He later said um, in an interview, it's just like D-Day. There's no stopping after you start. Really? That's what you're comparing it to? Yeah. That's what he compared it to. Oh, my God. So later that day, he picks up their 16-year-old daughter, Patricia, from school. They get home. She's walking in front of Dad thinking, yeah, normal day. Hi, fuck. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, walk into the house, shoots her in the back of her head. Drops mm-hmm. her. Right yep. there. Right in the doorway. Next, he ends up executing their youngest son, who's 13-year-old, Freddie. Now, he, when it came to that, kind of rushed through the whole cleaning part of it. Right? He's yeah. like, okay, fuck, now I got two. Now I got to get going. Because it's later in the day. He already had lunch. School's getting out. Yeah. He's like, I got to hurry up with this shit. Like, can't clean so it quite so much up. Right. Obviously, everything is pre-planned. Um, in an interview, he says, quote, I approached all of them from behind so they wouldn't realize at the last moment what I was going to do to them. Wah the fuck. Uh, deep breaths in, deep breaths out. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Right. So, so Miss, so John has all of this plan just in his mind, so fucking perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. Until oh. it gets to their fifteen-year-old son, John, didn't go so smooth. Oh, this with, breaks my I, fucking I know, heart. I know. So John gets home from school. The fifteen-year-old son realized what his father was going to do. I mean, you left his sister laying in the fucking doorway. Hello. He was like, what the fuck? And was like, oh, hell no. This ain't fucking going down this way for me. Right. You ain't surprising me. Well, John shoots him. His dad shoots him. Wasn't dead. The boy falls to the ground and starts involuntarily jerking around. Like, oh my God. I just yeah. fucking got shot. Well, I'm sure it was pain and shock. Well, right. Like, and it wasn't going to be a clean shot if he realized what the fuck was going on. Yeah. So, John Sr. stands over his son's body, shot him in the heart over and over again with the 22 caliber pistol and a 9 millimeter pistol. You fucking emptied two guns into your child. That is overkill. Like, 
Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And how can you stand over your child and just, like... Watch them. And shoot them and watch their... Watch them die. You emptied two guns into your son. Yeah. I mean, you've already annihilated your wife and two other children. And your mom. At the back of their heads. Oh, So, then he goes and so meticulously arranges all their bodies in the, in the ballroom. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's got everything ready to go. Yeah. Empties a fucking gun. See, I, I, when I first heard about this and watched this documentary on this person, I bawled, I screamed, I was angry, I was sad. I was like, it just baffled me. Mm-hmm. How can you just stand there? And it wasn't like he was all in a frenzy. No. He just, he did it so calmly. Like, well, cause like it was head, nothing. In his head, it was something that had to be done. So he couldn't let emotion take over. Well, he didn't have him. fucking emotions besides no, anger and hate. He didn't, but. So they're all on sleeping bags. And he made them all into the shape of a T. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I, that I, I never understood. And there's no like, explanation for right. that. It just, that's just how he did it. He then, on each body, leaves a note explaining why he killed them. Mm-hmm. Which he obviously had already written, because, you know, by this time, now everyone's dead. Yeah. And oh yeah, he wrote it's not it beforehand. Like, yeah, it's not like he's gonna have time to sit down and write five notes, unless he did. I don't know. And if that's the case, like I mean, he clearly wasn't in a fucking hurry. Like yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. He left his mom's body in the attic. Well, she she wasn't too much. She wasn't in the ballroom. He left her in her apartment after he annihilated yeah. her. He was like, that's too much work to bring her down. Yeah, to fucking he said she was too heavy. Yeah. So. Oh my god. <laughs> he, besides leaving the notes on each one of their bodies, he left notes addressed to the pastor, the reverend, and his employer, mm-hmm. which he even included completed files he'd been working on because he didn't want to inconvenience his boss. <laughs> Listen. Your fucking face. Hmm. <laughs> You didn't want to inconvenience your boss. I mean... Listen, I completed my work. Don't think badly of me. Here you go. Oh, and by the way, my fucking family is dead because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. But as long as my work was done... It's... Yeah. It, that should show kindly on me. It should. I, it's, I completed my work. And I killed my family. Fuck face. So, oh. I think we should stop there. And we'll make this a two-parter. Yeah. Let Tina breathe for a moment. So now everyone's gone. Yeah. He's got his notes written. Yep. So now we're going to talk about, in the next part, when the piece of shit goes on the fucking run. Ah. Uh, like a fucking coward. Yeah. John List, you stupid fuck. Cool. So, All right. Want, we want to thank you guys again. Absolutely. And uh, let you know how much we love your support and love you in Abs- general. Absolutely. Um, hopefully you stay tuned for part two yes. of the John List case. Absolutely. Remember to subscribe, email us, contact us, 
SlayerSisters666 at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I think I got them all. You did. Soon to be on YouTube. Yes. YouTube. So we love you guys. Thank you so much. I'm Tina. I'm Amber. Darkness Darkness is our way of life. See you in the mirror next time.